Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are named one of AFI's top 10,000 podcasts about movies that exist. I am your host, Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter, Alex underscore Falcone. And I have a great panel with me today, possibly a growing panel as time goes by. Um, we're starting out shorthanded, but we may fill out the, the, the panel as this movie gets discussed. First up, in southeastern Portland, it's uh, Mr. Anthony Lopez. Well, that never happened to the other guy. <laughs> Great Man, that's here. a self-aware moment. Yeah, that. I, how do you? We got to touch base on that when we get there. But yeah, it's very important. That's the one choice in this movie. There's a lot of weird choices, but that's the one that really stands out. It's like, how did that get through? Why did I they mean, think that was so clever? If I could only cut one line, that wouldn't be it. But it would be like on the short list. But I yeah. think I would keep that over, like, he branched out. Oh, uh, yeah, there's a lot of lines to cut. <laughs> the, C- the, C- the CSI-style puns after he kills somebody? Um, uh, I don't yeah, I mean, know. That's, but that's expected of James Bond. Looking at the camera and acknowledging that his face changed is not <laughs> normal right, But it, I did Bond. not cringe as hard as uh, he branched out. <laughs> yeah, but I at least I get that. That is like, yeah, he's uh, he's a weirdo. Is that always weirdo. a James Bond thing? Is the quips? Oh, the, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, and I yeah. only ask that because I feel like that's everybody's thing, and I can't remember who started it. So that was a James but, Bond thing. Yeah, I mean, we like we were just watching, you know, both the movies we've done so far. He has a quip after like every attack, you know, in like Golden Eyes. Yeah. She really mm. always loved a good squeeze, or you know, whatever. Like, oh man, it's just after every death. He loves to say the worst dad pun imaginable. It's a, it's a, yeah. I'm sure it's his way of coping with the, the severe PTSD he's developing. Oh, yeah. They're like, this is a trauma coping mechanism because, like, he just killed a guy in a bobsled chase. And, like, he feels terrible about it, probably. Yeah, he's never going to be able to enjoy the Olympic uh, Winter Olympics again, you know? <laughs> he's uh, never going to be able to watch that great sport at without least flinching that, a little bit. Man, he should have been playing Skeleton. All right. Anyway, um, <laughs> also joining us today at Amandable on Twitter. She's in Boston. Uh, please welcome back Amanda Linebaugh. I've taught you to love chickens and their flesh. <laughs> I don't know. So the opposite of allergy is not love, for one thing. Uh, for the no, other thing, it, if you're like, man, uh, isn't it great? I took this Claritin and now I just want to rub my face in pollen. <laughs> well, that's because Claritin's not actually doing the work right. You know what I mean? Right, right. It's not doing the uh, overnight hypnotism. Yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's reason- no flashing lights. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason why I have to take a Claritin every 24 hours, you know? Yeah, yeah, because it doesn't stay. Also, there's a reason why if I say the activation word, you will go end global commerce. So <laughs> maybe it is doing the work, Anthony. <laughs> you just it's were... No yeah. one reads the fine print on the Claritin. <laughs> we <laughs> have the right to turn did. you into a super assassin triggered just, by a keyword. I just listened to that Anthony Banderas, Antonio Banderas B, and that's all I need. If he, if Antonio Banderas vouches for Claritin, I'm good with him. That's what I always say. <laughs> uh, we might have a Phoebe later on down the road. Uh, we'll find out. I don't know either. It's very exciting for all of us. But this is episode number 468. We have now done as many episodes as the number of gallstones removed from a single woman in China last May. Oh, jeez. Yeah, her That's gallbladder disgusting. was twice the normal size. It was entirely stones. And apparently she was diagnosed with her first gallstone 17 years ago and was like, it'll be fine. I'll just exercise. 
<laughs> then, so what we're yeah. learning from this is don't exercise. Yeah, exactly. You don't when your doctor says to exercise, that's just them being lazy about removing your gallstones, so you do not have yeah. to do it. Yeah, well, exactly. Science. Or, <laughs> or let's see it from her point of view. She could have had multiple gallstone surgeries over the years or just bank them all and do them oh, all Oh, that's at true. Once. It was like a savings yeah. account of a gallbladder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she was like, like, why not? Like, yeah, no one takes out the trash when it's half empty, right? Like, that's the whole point. <laughs> you let it get full, then you take it all out. Also, I said half empty instead of half full. Am I like a garbage uh, positivist? I don't know. Um <laughs> Anyway, uh, speaking of uh, people around the world behaving in a reckless and dangerous manner, mostly that's endangering their own health, this week we're talking about On Her Majesty's Secret Service, the 1969 nice uh, Bond film starring George Lazenby. George Lazenby, you guys, as the uh, famous British spy who has never seen an emergency that can't keep him from getting a hard-on. This is George Lazenby's uh, final performance as James Bond. (laughs) strangely enough opening night closing night george lazenby um he of the um still he's still peach not nectarine as far as james bond goes uh hairy chested man but also now he has um a wishing well inside his chin he's now got a large chasm in his chin that you could throw coins into for good luck yeah, I've always thought George Lazenby looks like uh, a cartoon handsome person. Like if you, if you were drawing, yes. like in a yes. show, you were trying to do like a, a stylized version. Like what a handsome person on the critic would look yeah. like. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what George Lazenby. That is a brilliant description of him. Like he's he's good looking, but there's something it's very exaggerated. His features. Uh, yeah. He's yeah. got a really big he head. Was- he yep. was a model. I yeah. was reading about this. He was Unknown. like a, a top model. And I just, he just looks like a guy to me. Yeah. He does not look like oh, James Bond handsome at all. If you He's were like, going yep, to that's a dude. rank the James Bonds from handsomeness, uh, who would you be on the top? And, and would he be your, would this be your bottom? Yes, possibly, possibly. I don't know. Sean Connery is weird. Um, Wait, well, uh, Daniel Daniel Craig is on weird. the top. On the da- top, Daniel absolutely. Craig is your hottest Bond. Interesting. Oh my God! Like hands down. Interesting. Um, <laughs> other people put their hands up. I don't know. It's a different hand situation for people we talk to. Um, I don't. I don't know. I I I feel like well, Sean Connery. I always picture Sean Connery now, but when we watch Sean, young Sean Connery, it's a foxy gentleman. He is the the peachiest of the peach bugs. He's the peachiest for and, sure. And like, I'm not, you're more I'm not of a nectarine against that, fan. but no, no, not necessarily. You no, picked the I one just... nectarine, said he's the hottest one. <laughs> you picked the, the the clean-chested man. I guess I guess I go against type in my uh, my Bond preferences. I like I think I think it's a good look. I think so. The the ch- shaved chest. He do, he plays Hold'em instead of Baccarat. He does parkour. He like I I can see it. <laughs> But the I mean, all, he's got to be way more aerodynamic. That's the shaved chest yeah. for all that. Very important for his rollers, rolls and yeah. dives. And like, can you imagine getting like your hair caught on like you know a building when you're trying to parkour over the wall? You can't do that. You got to be clean, smooth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That That's, this is it's a, like the, swimmers. Exactly. Yeah, it's why the Latin chest hair. So good at parkour. <laughs> so I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. it does come this, up a lot. Those famous dolphin parkour shows. The uh, I mean, they do. They are very playful. Um, yeah. 
But also, like, there was that famous scene in this movie where George Lazenby is uh, skiing and then his chest hair causes an avalanche. Uh, <laughs> it just gets caught and drags the whole mountain down with him. So that was, was pretty dangerous. It's a lesson to be learned from that, yes. Uh, so uh, why did we do this? So this is uh, Dr. November, uh, our James Bond-themed month, Dr. November. Uh, and uh, I put all of the James Bond movies in the Meet Buddy voting system, and Democracy chose this third. This is uh, It's the one and only George Lazenby movie, and I'm super glad to get to watch it because I've heard about George Lazenby, but i had never actually seen it. So thanks to the Meat Buddies for giving me this opportunity. If you want to make us watch or uh, maybe possibly read, but usually watch something of your choice, go to read-weep.com slash meatbuddies, read-weep.com slash meatbuddies. And any donation amount will get you uh, the full rights and responsibilities of the Meat Buddy topic democracy, topocracy, which uh, it's time for another important uh, moment in democracy because next month is our holiday-themed month, Grismas. So Meat Buddies, get into the system now. Vote on either holiday-themed movies or bear-themed movies. Up to you. It can be Christmas or bears, <laughs> or other holidays. Christmas. Um, let's talk about uh, let's talk about Her Majesty's. Um, so, I'm going to summarize the movie. You guys know how this works. Jump in as you need. Um, international horn dog James Bond meets a woman while driving through the mountain, as he so often does, mm-hmm. and he apparently saves her. F- so the 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 summary that I was reading re- referred to him as saving her from drowning herself. But it looked to she me... She was waist high. He stopped her from swimming. That's what I saw. <laughs> yeah, she wades yeah. into the water. She's about waist high. He, like, open field tackles her, drags her to the shore, and then she's, like, sputtering and opens her eyes and is like, I was trying to die or something. Like, what a weird... You have to remember, the she... British have a different relationship with the beach than we do. <laughs> they don't go in the water unless they're never coming back out. Very That's different. That's cultural swimming. difference, yeah. yeah. I uh, I also, like that she's maybe go ahead go ahead. Oh, just is his superpower making women just go limp? Because like as soon as he touches her, she's just like passed out in she his crumples. arms. Crumples. Yeah. Yeah. It's, she was uh, she was very heartily wading into the ocean, and then he touches her, and she's oh. Like, I think he on. maybe she felt his chest hair on her back, and she thought it was ten thousand <laughs> spider legs, and so she crumbled. That's what I would I'm guess. Fair, fair. <laughs> Actually, he was wearing a tuxedo shirt. This is also gross. He's wearing a tuxedo shirt with no undershirt, which we found out when yeah. he went into the water. Which is like, that is you're playing dangerous with a, the expensive shirt. You're going to ruin a really nice tuxedo shirt that that's, way. That's just Bond being Bond. That's how he do. He is everything he does is unnecessarily dangerous. That's the thing of <laughs> Bond. Wear an undershirt. It would be great. It would keep it like your your hog leg from chafing. You're, you're, um, what? His the the gun that you wear under the suit jacket. It's called a hog's leg. He All has right. it on that. Well, I have I have learned something. You've learned a thing. You should know this. You're the cop adjacent <laughs> person. Cop adjacent. Yes, I don't. Uh, I've never strapped a gun to my thigh. What, or or your side chest. Um, or my side chest, as he does. As he does. Um, it does seem like uh, I've never either. Um, it does seem like it would be really annoying. Like, I find a ring or a watch kind of annoying. The idea of having a full gun in that soft, squishy underside of my arm. Ugh. Well, I mean, that's Plus, why you I'm... keep a small gun, like the Walter PPK. You <laughs> yeah, know? Yeah, famous yeah. Walter PPK. Small. And it is tiny. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's not very uh, 
scary looking no i mean it's still a gun i don't know it's maybe i'm gun. just yeah yeah i don't know enough about guns maybe that i'm still terrified by it he also is licensed to kill you with it so that's scary i mean he's like he went through the licensing the process <laughs> oh that's true he's like temporarily on vacation where his license presumably is revoked yeah um, no willy-nilly killing on vacation <laughs> so uh he, he ruins this lady's swim slash suicide and then Mere hours later, he's back in the casino playing his weird card game with a well, large we do, paddle. We have to. We have to address the. Oh yeah, sorry, sorry. The line. We want to talk about your line. Yeah, he gets attacked by people who teleport onto the beach. Yes, some yeah. some goons. Some goons show up and they have a like a, a fight scene that involves several parts of a rowboat. Yeah. She steals his code to go to her code, which has always been a very funny thing to that me. That was great. Yes. Also, the reason she had to do that is because he drove onto the beach, which is so irresponsible. Cars should not be on beaches. Hey, man, you live in Oregon. You can't say that. I do, and That's I hate it. If you go to the beach and someone just drives by behind you on the beach, it's awful. Also, on the flip side, I guess, one time uh, last summer we were at the beach and we watched somebody's Jeep get taken by the sea, and that was pretty rad. <laughs> Man, that's cool. That's where Jeeps belong. They do. Yeah, it's like the ocean is like, I. The, this is mine now. Uh, and they used an other Jeep to try to pull it out. It didn't work. That Jeep is just gone. Um, but yeah, so he, so he, so the goons beat him up. He does not get the girl. She steals his car, but just drives it like a minute away and then gets in her car and drives away. And then he, down the barrel of the camera, references the fact that he is the second actor playing James Bond. Yes. He says this never happened yep. to the other guy. And I don't know which specific thing she's he's mentioning because like sex and fighting and cars getting stolen did happen a lot to the other guy. But he never like did, did it, it happen come on out a beach? head in the sitch. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Well, like, I You know like Connery never came out of a situation without like being the the only man standing or like not having the girl, right? So that's what he's referencing that like he gets beat up and the girl gets away, and he's just kind of left there without his co. Well, she gets away. Long. That's a good way to describe it. <laughs> like, like it's because Connery was like always with these girls. Who are like, she probably wants to leave, uh, Sean. <laughs> that's um, that's definitely yeah. a signature James Bond move. <laughs> <laughs> the, it's oh man, there's so much creep in this movie. This isn't even the uh, creepiest part. The creepiest part is later where he buys the daughter. But let's let's. Um, he buys that girl from her dad. But anyway, well, in the he, short term... He, technically, she gets sold to him. Yes. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> not, sure. Yeah, her, her oh, dad my is terrible real mistake. eager to sell her yeah. off. Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I can't believe I said it the other way. Um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, so he makes this weird joke, very strange choice. And it's not like the rest of the movie is full of meta references It's or meta stuff. It's just that. Yeah. And then there's a and drawer then, full of props from other movies. Yes, that have like the music for me scene. That's yeah, when when he the... yeah when he touches the prop, the theme song to that movie plays, and I only recognize uh, the first one, which is the the water knife and the song about mango trees. But um, I assume the rest were the same thing. Yes, exactly. And then even during the like opening credit sequence, there's like clips from like, hey, remember this movie? Same James Bond. <laughs> hey, remember this movie? Same James Bond. Yeah, uh, I get really it. They like were... really feel bad that they had to change change bonds on us yeah and it must have been like at a time when you know like like i don't know like there was we didn't live in a world in which you've had three spider-mans in 10 years <laughs> you know mm-hmm. like 
it, it must have been quite a shock to be like, that's not we, James Bond. We talked that's about this last week, Anthony. It's Spider's Men. <laughs> we had three Spider's Men uh, in our lifetimes already. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I, I'm just used to them swapping out actors all the time. I don't care. Yeah. Although we had actually we had this talk like when we a while ago, Anthony, which is I prefer the world where they're not they're not changing actors that the James Bond himself is very replaceable and that Bond mm. the name James Bond is a title just like 007 is the is like the tag but his mm. title is James Bond and so they just like every few years he just dies and they just bring in a new James Bond just like there's a new Q I just feel like that is a better world and this movie is like no don't think that this is the same guy cuz he has all the shit from the other thing and he reminisces, which the guy wouldn't be able to do if it was just a new guy at that desk. But, I mean, that's that'd be like saying, like, uh, it's a new Batman every time, or it's a new Spider-Man. Like, this is sure, just... Sure, it would be James like that, Bond or lives. I could choose that it's true in this movie and not in those movies. But James Bond, <laughs> I, I just like, like, I, I've always been a part of, like, James Bond just lives in a sliding continuity, like, comic books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, there's a reason why Magneto can have lived through the Holocaust and be like a 50 year old man in 2018. You know, like, <laughs> weird shit. Ha- Sometimes time just gets fucking weird, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, James Bond time like, is a flat circle. Yeah, exactly. James just. It's. I'm fine with that. I'm just saying it would also work if they had decided this that yeah. just many people are James Bond. Um, and this movie also had this thing about his genealogy, which would like. Like that him, was fucking weird. It was super weird. Uh, but it like it it takes away that possibility. So yeah. they just really didn't want me to think that when you could have done it. Because the thing the thing that they do is they just have it continue on. Whereas with the different Spiders men, they are always like, and now you gotta watch his father die again, and now you gotta watch him figure out how to use web again. Like they just reboot it. This is not a reboot. This right. is just like we're gonna continue on and hope you don't notice we switched drummers. Hey, can we just back <laughs> up one second, Alex? Yeah. Who, who's that person who dies in Spider-Man's mythology that's so important? His dad? Uh, <laughs> not his dad. Is it his uncle? Yes, okay. Oh, okay. I I Batman's dad dies. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that, which... The, are they both orphans? I don't know enough about the various... Yeah. I don't know this Animal yeah, men's... They, they are, yeah. But good old Animals dad men. Ben. Good <laughs> old father Ben coming in telling okay. Peter... Look, I get it, and that was probably fun for the people who knew that, but probably some of the listeners didn't know that, and they do not understand why you're being so mean. <laughs> I, also, like, the the Batsmen, uh, I've been an even harder switch, because, like, we went from having uh, Christian Bale to Ben Affleck in our mm-hmm. lifetime, which is, uh. like... Which is re- which maybe is how people felt about, uh, about Lazenby here, but, like... That's- Ben That's Affleck how people take... feel about Lazenby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Uh, my, the internet suggested to me that people have like uh, softened on this movie. It was like poorly received, but in the hindsight, people don't think it's the worst. But apparently, you're not part of that crew. No. No. Is it because this you think he's not attractive, awful. or because you hate the movie? Uh, both. <laughs> well, so to be fair, one thing that I've learned so far in James Bond month is that I am not a very big James Bond fan. So I don't know if this is way worse than the others because the other ones are all pretty bad. Yeah, but this one is both bad and just confusing. It like, is confusing. What the, what the fuck is happening at any given moment? <laughs> Great question. Let's get back to the summary. So <laughs> those same later, later that day, James Bond sa- saves the same woman, uh, not from suicide this time, but from... I guess making a bet at a casino without having any money, which they allow for some reason. 
Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's really, it's like, uh, you got if you walk in like you own the place, people yeah. will kind of let you do whatever if, you want. It's something I've discovered. If you look like Diana Rigg in that dress, yes, you get <laughs> sure, to do that. Sure. <laughs> if, I, I guess I, it's like if she had said, if she'd walk over to the blackjack table and said like, or the, the roulette table and been like, uh, $10 million on red and it hits red, would they have just given her $10 million and just believed her? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> or if she just like what was going to happen if James Bond didn't give her the was it like 10,000 pounds francs yeah 20 yeah. 20,000 francs 20,000 francs which could be any number could be a dollar could be a, a, <laughs> a billion dollars i have no idea but so she gets 20,000 she like or he covers her bet of 20,000 francs well, and I mean- She's right. She's the type of person that doesn't really have anything to lose. One, mm-hmm. as she was going to kill herself earlier, and it's that you know her weird father will bail her out. Like she knows she's not going to get in any trouble. Like she well, can yeah. do that because she that's just what I was wondering was like what, sort of all, all that would happen if James Bond didn't say anything was that she would have been like call my dad. Yes, exactly. And it would have been fine. It wasn't like they, she was going to have to wash dishes in this casino until she paid <laughs> off twenty thousand francs. Which could be is, an is hour that? or weeks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Could be all could be all day. Who knows? But she doesn't have to have that happen because James Bond bails her out uh and in that moment and then later uh shows up in her hotel. Oh, she gives him the key. He goes to her hotel room thinking that he gets sex now because he paid for, you know, debts. And uh instead he is greeted in her room by None other than the beach goons. Yep. <laughs> he's surrounded by goons, and the goons beat him up. And he kind of, he does actually end up winning, but he's, like, taking kind of a rough night. And I mean, that's um, one of the things that I do kind of, like, it goes in with the sort of meta line that one of the things that felt about this movie is, like, by the later Connery movies, uh, Sean Connery kind of felt like the kind of actor who was like, no, no, James Bond doesn't take punches. He delivers yeah. punches. Like, you know, the... The later James Bond just kind of walks through enemies and they kind of just fold like cardboard around him. Yeah. Uh, while in this movie, they're like, no, James Bond's going to take the blows as well. Like, that guy kind of beats the shit out of him for He does. I actually and then really James liked the. James Bond gets out of it, you know? Totally. I actually liked the fight scene on the beach. I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, there was some. some. I thought the. Well, so one thing is I like the directing of this movie. I think the. Um, yeah. There's a lot of much faster cuts than in the earlier movies. It's starting to feel like more of a modern film. And the, the fight choreography was really interesting. And I liked the... Specifically, there's this weird piece of wall. This is probably not worth going into it in great detail. But there's this weird piece of white wall in the hotel room that they both go through. And then it's like, bol- seems like it looks like it's made out of bowling pins. And then there's like a sound of bowling pins falling. I enjoyed it. Yeah. I thought it was kind <laughs> of a mean, fun this- fight. And he gets the shit kicked out of him and then is fine. Which, having... Yeah never been punched really i assume is not possible but he does it <laughs> oh yeah i mean i it's that's a great movie trope if you think about how fighting actually works yeah, yeah, yeah like have you've ever seen two people get in a fight for like three minutes and then just <laughs> casually walk away like no it's not how that happens it's not at all <laughs> like i mean how yeah i mean like if we were to like, anthony let's let's take a bit how many how many kicks to the head could you take i'm gonna go with zero uh, to one well, I mean, what do you mean take? Like, I think I could probably sit there and take quite a few. The question is... <laughs> you, if you just pass out? Okay, and then yeah, have exactly. sex later. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't... I think I think that there's actually a line when it becomes like, you know, like zero to two, I'm kind of okay. And then like two to ten, I'm not. But then like past ten, I think I'm back in. You're back? <laughs> you know I don't I mean? think that's how... I don't think concussions are like that. 
<laughs> once you've collected enough, they it's make like you awesome. awake again. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, because the concussions are a flat circle as well. Um, huh. So he, man, we're still on bullet point number one. So he gets beaten up by the <laughs> goons. So he goes back to his hotel room, and uh, surprisingly, no goons there, but the girl is there, which is weird because she gave him the key to her room, and yet she's in his room. Um, and then they have this conversation where he's sort of like, it's unclear which of them believes that she has to have sex with them for the 20,000 francs. It's unclear because at some points it seems yeah. like he does and then other points he doesn't. And at some points she does and then she doesn't. And then she does again and she's like, look, I'm having sex with you for my money. And then he says, cool. And then they have sex and then they wake up. Uh, he wakes up and there's the 20,000 francs. So somebody broke into his apartment and brought the money. And then also... <laughs> That means he thought he was having sex for money and she thought it was for other debts. This is a very complicated emotional relationship that they've just well, yeah. started. And that's what? that's glazing over the part where he smacks her in the face and then says, you seem like you have troubles. Do you want to talk about them? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, yeah, my fucking problem is that you just fucking hit me. <laughs> yeah, one of two men who hit her in this movie. Uh, yeah. her, her future husband and her father. And I, yeah. I do think that's one of those, like... Those like little James Bond moments that pop up all the time. That's like, whoa! They would not, they not shoot that take today. I can tell you that. Um, <laughs> but like the sentiment of James Bond scenes stay the same. Like that scene still happens in James yeah. Bond. He just doesn't literally slap her, but like he he looks like he wants to. You know, uh, oh, so they man, still, it's weird. They so still what, need that a little bit. He's just emotionally abusive, and then <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, that's what Daniel Craig's Bond is, right? Uh, uh, but so that's one of the things that I do because I do kind of enjoy this movie as uh, sort of one of uh, a weird Bond movie. But um, I do kind of like that it's a love story about these two really fucked up people. Yeah, like if yeah. you take if you take this movie completely at face value. Like, yeah. yeah, these two are perfect for each other because they're so fucking damaged. They yeah. Just, yeah. <laughs> but at no point in the movie do you understand why they like each other well, or, he, or that they like each other. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's it doesn't it, it's just it's it's just um, I think it it's is just, just declared. It's never shown. It's just yeah. ta-da. <laughs> I mean, look, they're frolicking through they're a park and petting hot. a kitten. I never get, I guess I never get confused when two hot people are, I'm told that they're in love. I just <laughs> yeah. feel like, it's like, yeah, well, sure. Well, again, <laughs> like, if you take the movie at, like, sort of face value in the sense that, like, this, the, the idea of, like, the, them showing that James Bond is it capable of loving her is, like, they keep showing him pit his arm around her. And yeah. for yes. a man who is so incapable of real relationship, the fact that he's able to do that is, like, Oh, he must really like her. Is like the implication, you know, because he's Christ. such a fucked up, weird, damaged person. Like, he's pretty fucked up and weird. Uh, that is a but, low bar. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and boy, does this love story bloom because late the next day, or no, later that later that morning, he tries to leave the hotel, and he is kidnapped at gun and knife point by the same goons who take them to uh would take him on a very long drive because he's kidnapped in the morning and he shows up at the boss's house at night so they must have done like a 12 hour drive at knife point <laughs> including like snack breaks and getting gas and stuff like while that guy was holding a knife to his belly but anyway so he is kidnapped away where he has a very like polite business meeting with the uh with a crime boss an international crime lord 
who it turns out is the father of James Bond's new uh, uh, female friend and would like to sell her to James Bond. He would like to pay a million dollar, I believe it was dollars, a million dollar dowry. Is that generally what you do with troubled offspring? Well, I mean, you probably don't know this, uh, Amanda, but every uh, every man has at some point <laughs> been pulled aside by an other man and offered to be paid a million dollars to take his daughter off his hands. Like that is, it just happens to us now, constantly. Now I'm upset. Who's the person who turned down a million dollars for me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, some asshole out there was like, mm, not worth it. And he like, knew I'm upset that about you that. would not respect a relationship founded on <laughs> purchasing. Oh, yes. There we go. <laughs> he respected you too much. It's just happening all the time, man. Dads are always trying to sell their daughters off, you know? That's that old this classic is, this thing. This is going to make Thanksgiving really interesting. It is. It has been. You know, that's that classic, like, uh, da- your dad's dating age better get a shotgun so that you can guard the million-dollar dowry you're about to pay to any man who will take her off your hands. You know, it's that classic <laughs> trope. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That uh, A lot of movies are based on that. <laughs> it's so... It is... in insane conversation it's one of the most bonkers things i've watched and i was just like i just don't understand any of this because he sort of says um he's like look she's troubled and you seem like a guy who can kind of like who can kind of like give it to her right who can kind of like have sex with her well enough that she'll oh my god stop yes. it. it was the creepiest conversation on film oh I, I i wrote that down what she needs is a man to dominate her and make love to her uh, no one's father should be saying that no that's so not children. even even in porn like that's a terrifying <laughs> sentence that is so creepy why oh, would man. his sex and domination be a reason for her to like not throw herself into the sea? Maybe her creepy ass father is why she's troubled. <laughs> I think we're uh, yeah, I think we're getting to the root of the problem here. Man, it's well, it's messed up. Maybe there was a scene, you know, that happened right off camera before this movie started. <laughs> before she drove to the beach, uh-huh. and she was talking to her dad, and he goes, "You know what the problem with dad? It's not that I'm." wealthy and don't have any creative outlet it's that i really just can't find a dude to really give it to me you know (laughs) you know if but anyway i'm gonna go kill myself i'm gonna leave you to contemplate on this very yeah you figure out how to solve this problem dad because otherwise (laughs) straight into the sea i mean i'm gonna go waist deep in water and uh man in a beautiful sparkly gown Here's the crazy thing, Amanda, since you don't like this movie at all, I just want to, like, I'll, I'll say now, up till this point in this conversation, after, up till the end of this conversation, I hate this movie the most. And then I kind of like the middle, and then I hate the ending. So I feel like, like, I enjoy the Blofeld stuff, but uh, as a good Bond thing, but man, I hate this part. This thing about his future wife, the daughter of the crime lord, is just it's, the worst thing. So you liked the harem part? Yeah. <laughs> Well, so what did I... Okay, I liked... Well, so, okay, so I like... Uh, I, I love a good allergy study. I, I love mean, some, who doesn't? I like good peer-reviewed science. I enjoy... Uh, I I really... Well, we'll have to get to this. I But I, I think this... It's fun, and it's creepy, but in, like, a funny way. This is just gross. Yeah, that's, that's also, true. If it if wasn't... You, 
book ended by disgustingness, then like the middle part could be just kind of bonkers sixties. Yes. Weirdness. Yes. Yes. And the and the the harem. Think about the harem. Those women had sexual agency. That's that's true, but also it was like gotta catch them all. It's like, well, look, yeah. we've got one of every type. That was weird. Have yes. you read the Wikipedia article for this movie? It is not okay. Uh, I have. I I have not. What does it say? Uh, so I was I was looking over it because this movie is completely incomprehensible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck is happening? I'm just trying to get it a, a better uh, timeline in my head. And uh, it just it lists all the women in the harem and says, you know, this actress played, you know, the Indian girl. Oh. This actress played the yeah the Jamaican girl. There was they're that not, horrible scene where they were girls. like at dinner, and then it was like each one of them was eating a food from their native land. Uh yeah, the bananas. Yeah, I'm. I made a. I made such a face. Oh, I'm like, God. oh, oh. I hope this is the the peak grossness of Blofeld's movie, Angels of Death. Uh, which is really awful. Um, That's a, I mean, it's a great metal band name. But to be fair to Blofeld. (laughs) Important. We always have to. Uh, Yeah. Thank you. Sometimes on the show, we forget to be be nice to the villains. Yeah. Yeah, In the evil time. In terms of his plans for world domination. Mm-hmm. Sending sleeper cell beautiful women is the most realistic and likely to work <laughs> of any of his plans. Uh, like it doesn't involve weird Wait. spaceships or stealing satellites and I'm, moon bases. I'm not convinced I'm with you because the point was that they were all going to go. He was going to send 12 brainwashed women to like stop international agriculture. Yes. Yeah. He was, mean- it was still confusing. With yeah, a magic I'll... potion that can sterilize both plants and animals, because that's definitely how that works. <laughs> yeah, All he's science. like, simplify, All... simplify, simplify. This is my no, lesson I... <laughs> every week to the villains in the James Bond universe. Simplify. <laughs> All I'm kiss. saying is, I've watched five seasons of The Americans, and it's not that much more different. It's basically <laughs> the same plot. Uh, I, I like I... a sleeper cell. That's fun. I like yeah. an activation word. This is hilarious to me. Um, anyway, so, so let's, Blo- let's get to this. is real. Okay. Let's get to this. So, uh, so he's talking to dad, whatever, and he's, he finally agrees. He's not gonna, he won't take the money to just have sex with her and marry her, um, <laughs> to give it to her. Um, he won't take the money for that, but he will trade, uh, important intelligence information for hitting on her. And so they make that deal is he'll like just... hit on her for spying, not buy her for marriage. That's just classic spycraft right there. That's what they teach you day one at the CIA. Day one. Uh, listen, crime lords, they're, they're out there selling their daughters. And you're going to get, yeah. you're going to think, what a great offer. But don't take it. <laughs> the most efficient type of spy, the most, uh, the best tool in a spy's toolbox <laughs> is feudal trading. And then, and then, of course, uh, day two of Spy Academy is like flu shots and HR forms and stuff. But like, yeah. <laughs> they got to get that out of the way first. So anyway, he agrees to hit on her. She finds out about this whole plan and is like, this is bad. And then he's like, but I'm sorry. And then she's like, fine, I'm in love with you. So then they're in love. Great. Now, movie number two. James Bond has been chasing uh, the supervillain Blofeld for two years, a devastatingly bald man with a cat affliction who has been, he's been on the lam. He's just, they can't find him anywhere. 
uh, James Bond gets to the point of almost quitting, but then kind of not in kind of a, in a cute scene. Um, and uh, but he doesn't quit being a spy. Uh, instead, he uses the new information from his new father-in-law to uh, find out that Blofeld is hiding out in a scientific research chateau at the tippity tippity top of the Alps, the Swiss well, Alps. A yeah. private Alp. Yeah. He, what private he actually Alp. finds out is that Blofeld tips his hand to the public because he really wants a title. Yeah, that's, wants, that's his other big villainous plan. Is he you, wants to get the official title of this family's crest, whatever it was. Well, I mean, if yeah. your last name was Blofeld, wouldn't you want to try and jazz it up? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he he made it like the French Blofeld, <laughs> right? It was something, something just the French version of Blofeld. That sounds even more like it's falling out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It, I feel like by the time you're this old and you're this bald, like you, you own Blofeldness. He's grown and, into and, being Blofeld and earlobelessness. <laughs> yeah, which he may have just cut off. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so he, uh, yeah, so he's up there. He's trying to, he's trying to get this title. And so the, the way Bond finds him is maybe my favorite scene in the movie. It's like he he needs to break into this guy's office. So yeah. one, he gets a ride from his girlfriend and her dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's just super macho. Yeah, exactly. yeah. He doesn't have a like car just, in every town. <laughs> for some reason, he has them drop him off at this place he's gonna break into. But he was okay, just gonna whatever. take the tube, but they insisted. Yeah. While oh, while they make eyes at each other over the dad. Over the, the dad. It was creepy. I mean, Bond wanted to show him that he was good at doming his daughter. <laughs> oh, I hate it. I hate that part. And I hate the way you say it. Like maybe the dad wasn't actually in the code and that was just some visual storytelling. Like it's a metaphor that the father's oh, between them. Oh, I like that. <laughs> He's metaphorically always between them. Mm, uh, mm-hmm. But okay, so James Bond breaks into this guy's office. And then the big, the big gadget for this movie, one of the big gadgets, is he has uh, this big briefcase brought up. And in this briefcase is this revolutionary tool that is not just a safe cracker, but it is the crazy sci-fi concept of a printer slash scanner all-in-one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it's a- I just... Love that that's the big gadget. Like, this it's concept great. that must have blown people's mind. That machine can copy and print? <laughs> what? No fucking way. It's an HP all-in-one, and I've always said that the problem with that all-in-one is that it really just means three-in-one. There's so many things it can't do, like safe cracking, but they have finally the real all-in-one, which is that it's, it's that printer scanner fax machine that also has a tube and a uh, a toilet plunger on the end of the tube, and that (laughs) plugs into a safe, and it it cracks the safe on its own. And just, like, that whole... The whole scene is, like... It's... They would, again, never shoot a scene like this nowadays when, like, the character in an action movie sits why a machine passively does something for several minutes. Oh, but yeah, what is he doing, while, Anthony? How does he occupy his time? Yeah. <laughs> while looking at a Playboy. That's the there. worst part of the scene, is that he finds a Playboy magazine, and not only does he look at it while he's waiting for the safe cracker, he smiles right to himself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he goes to the center field, folds it down, and then he just grins alone in another <laughs> man's office. Like, yeah, <laughs> daddy-like. <laughs> it is... <laughs> 
awful. Uh, our our friend, uh, uh, friend of the show, Jason Traeger, uh, who was on the sh- uh, an episode a little while back, has a joke about that about how like he doesn't feel guilty about watching pornography, but he th- the times he feels guilty is when he catches himself smiling. <laughs> That is so funny. And James Bond 100% does it. He's just like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) naked people. Oh, it's gross. And then he steals the magazine. And I I was expecting that to come back. I thought that was the way he got caught, is that the guy comes in the office, doesn't notice the safe has changed, but he's like, wait, where's my magazine? Somebody's been in here. And then he pulls the alarm and then like... Isn't that how etiquette works, though? Once you've leered at another man's pornography magazine, oh, it's, it's now you yours. have to take it with you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. I don't think I would want that back, I guess. I mean, all porn, that's just the natural life cycle of porn. You know, it goes from one hand to another till its final resting place, the woods. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, actually, he owes the world is to pay it forward and leave it somewhere for some teenagers to find. Yeah. Yes. Yep. I I do think it's weird. Also, as far as like the way the movie ages is like. Then it was like, ooh, I found porn, but I'm at work, and like now it would just be like he just pull out his phone and just start flipping through Pornhub. <laughs> yeah, maybe he really wanted to read a Hunter S. Thompson article or something. I don't know. 1969. What would he be just wanted to read point? it folded out and ha- and <laughs> holding it up. An interview with Stanley Kubrick. I bet it's fucking interesting. <laughs> I bet it's pretty good. Um, so after he does that, um, he finds out that Blofeld is in the Swiss Alps. And the only way to get in, because uh, Blofeld really wants this title, is the only person who will be admitted up to this secret science fortress is if he pretends to be a gay Scottish professor of genealogy and then lies his way into the compound, saying he's there to prove that Blofeld is the real Blofeld. Did, and did- did I miss a lot in them? <laughs> I mean, I know I missed a lot, but the whole thing where the uh, the women were like, "Oh, I thought you weren't interested in girls," and like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, they. I, they what was they he jumped, doing? I don't that know. Was if, so gay. Yeah, I don't know if they just they just jumped to that conclusion, um, or or if they'd been warned about it, or if that was the only reason he was allowed in is because they were like, well, "There's women everywhere. We don't want you to be attracted to them." I don't yeah. know. I don't but know they if I all assumed some, that like 1960s thing, but I had no idea what was going on. So what was going on besides the sexuality of fake of James Bond's fake character um, was <laughs> that these women, he, what had happened is Blofeld had collected a group of uh, a, a dozen or so um, horny women from around the world. <laughs> And he cured them of their chicken allergies through hypnotism. It's a normal plan to take over the world. It's you just you recruit women. Mm-hmm. From around, you have to get one from every uh, every land. You get one woman who's who's pretty horny, but is allergic to chickens, and then you get them on a mountain in Switzerland, and you give them hypnotism and pretty good food. Yeah, yep, that's it's, definitely science. How do you not like this? This is bonkers. This is the fun kind of bad. This part, because like it's there, a little bit harem like, but he's not actually. Like, as far as I know, Blofeld it is was not a actually little bit harem like. Well, let me finish. Did Blofeld <laughs> have sex with any of them? No, he just like I think dumbed them in bed at night with his voice. With his with his tape recorder. He it made them listen to his audiobook. That's not the same thing. Fuck. Like remember all of the things I have taught you. It oh. actually if it, it reminded me of the people who listen to this podcast to help them fall asleep. Is he just put in the oh, tape no. of his voice and then they oh, the no. women were asleep? That's what we do. We like oh. we're subconsciously planting ideas in people's I it's don't... not 
I don't want to do that to anybody. <laughs> you're doing it right now. They're not. You're not planting the idea. I should go like poison the nation's food supply. You're planting the idea like women Whoa. are people, but you're still hypnotizing <laughs> people who are sleeping right now. That's what podcasting is. It's hypnotizing sleeping people. And Alex, you're going to drop in the uh, subliminal track later, right? Yeah. Also, you should do all of your holiday shopping at Amazon.com. <laughs> A-M-I-N-A-Z-O-N.com. It's just like Amazon, but we got to purchase. Or we got a portion. Amazon. Anyway. And uh, so I was like I was saying, it's a little horny-like. It's a little harem-like. It's a bunch of horny women. They eat really good food. It is... It is basically exactly like in the first James Bond movie, Dr. No, where it's like a very, very fancy hotel slash prison. Yes. It is a beautiful high-end hotel where the guards control whether your door opens or closes and some of your food is poisoned. But like other than that, it's like pretty nice. It's actually a real nice chateau. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit shoddy in terms of, like, the construction. Like, you can just sort of shove metal in any door frame and it will open it up, you know? Or even a nail file that's not metal, yeah. Yeah. He kind of cheaped cheaped out a little bit on some of the construction. You can tell he cut corners on (laughs) some of it. I mean, when you're the thing you can remember, Anthony, when you're building that high up into the Alps, like, you have to helicopter in every single door device, every single piece of security. plus, Plus, women aren't that smart. (laughs) <laughs> except for one of them mm. yeah so uh so james bond uh has sex with each of them using the exact same lines Ugh. and then Ugh. Uh, Ugh. all right go ahead go ahead tell me why <laughs> yeah. you hate fun amanda because it's so gross and disgusting to see him do the same thing it was, to it, each so, woman in turn. Yes. At least workshop it a little bit between <laughs> each thing. You know, try to they're get not even better. good lines. Yeah. Like, they they really come to see a picture lines. book and he's like, but you're a picture. Yeah. No, no, don't, tur- don't turn on the light because I can't tell you apart anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell them apart. This is the also, one from a different continent. Also, you can call me Hilly. <laughs> What the fuck is up with that? That's so gross. Yeah, this is what's... Well, this... Okay, so here's what I like about it. I feel like the second time he uses the lines and it's gross, he kind of looks like he knows it's gross. That's what I thought. Maybe I'm being that too generous. That does not make it better. It does. He felt... Because I felt like, in that moment, at least, James Bond was like, I'm not even making... I'm not even doing he's, this. Like, how is this happening to me? Knowing even choosing me, to be gross. No, no. He's like, even for me, this is just kind of, like, very fortunate. Yeah. Like, this I is... Mean, J- it's that kind of James Bond thing when you, you kind of see that look in his eyes, like, I'm not doing this to feel good. I'm doing it because <laughs> I don't feel anything. <laughs> like... <laughs> like there's okay. a look in like, That's what it is. I like not, I like nihilist James Bond. Okay, yeah. I'm yes. down. <laughs> I, so, I feel nothing else. Oh, <laughs> to, just a, one more. We talked a little bit about this, but just to like harp one more time on the uh, the plan. So the plan is these women are allergic to things, and he offered them an all expense paid trip to an inpatient allergy clinic in the Swiss Alps, mm-hmm. highly secured uh, outpatient or inpatient clinic. What? It's just, it's just really upsetting because it's the type of experience that, like, you know, this is how good people get sucked into weird timeshare things because they had <laughs> one friend 
who had actually worked out for. Like yeah, I signed yeah, yeah. up for the study. Yeah. Next thing I know, I'm in the Alps. I'm skiing every day. I'm yeah. hanging out. My allergies are gone. And then I get an opportunity like that. I sign up, and it's just a nightmare. And it's just <laughs> I, some people have all the luck. Is all I'm saying. That's exactly. That's so good. I, the the one that we talked to was we saw the most of was like a woman with a chicken allergy. And then the hypnotism is your ceiling is like blinking lights and then he, this tape gets played and the tape for her is like, no, you love chicken. You think you're afraid? Of, <laughs> no, you love, you can't, you can't get you, enough. You chicken. love chickens and their flesh. Yeah, you want yeah. the flesh. Yeah, you want to, you, you want to eat a chicken. It, mm, it, you're it did gross. give her the superpower of being able to eat chicken sexily. She, man, she made love to that chicken uh, yeah. with her mouth. Y- yeah. It was, was gross. Yeah. Um, but then secretly they'll pop up and they'll kill people. So anyway, he has sex with a bunch of them. And then Blofeld is like, wait a second. You're giving yourself up because of one slip up of where the records are. And also the fact that we caught you having sex with everybody. That, that was kind of hilarious. I, was I will admit. I it laughed a fun. lot at that. This whole thing is bonkers. And then <laughs> now it gets now it gets exciting. So James Bond runs away or skis away uh, down the hill. It is the first of many rear projection skiing slash gunfights. <laughs> And then at the bottom of the hill, uh, he oh his girlfriend just happens to be there. So he jumps in the car with her, and they get in a long rear projection car chase that is briefly part of an actual car race that just happened to be happening in the snow. Then back to the car chase, and then they end up in a barn where they roll in the hay. It's pretty great. Uh, Badumching. But yes. like actually, they have sex <laughs> in the hay, and the best part of that is the horses turn away shyly and don't watch them make love the horses are like no i'll give them some privacy oh, oh i no, thought that's... it was that the horses were about to get it on oh the horses were like inspired yeah yeah this is be. james bond and it's real gross <laughs> and he's so hairy they love that <laughs> they're like look at those monkeys over there well so they uh <laughs> yeah uh so yeah, they're like oh they're just like us yeah so fuzzy <laughs> honey do you want to do it people style tonight <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she was wearing a fur coat. They were probably very confused. <laughs> oh, it's cute. It's a little horse coat. So, yeah. and they, during the sex, they all, or before, before the sex, actually, they agree to get married. James is like, I can feel. Um, also, don't ask me what I've been up to in the, chat, the chateau. Because um, it was before we got engaged. Doesn't count. Was, uh, we get immunity yeah. now. Um, the next morning. But you should probably see a doctor, maybe get some shots <laughs> next time you're in town. Yeah. Just to be safe. Just just to be safe. It's been a weird couple days. Anyway. So then the, so then they get they take a long rest, which I assume is because they needed to get all their spell slots and hit points back. <laughs> they sleep through the night, and then uh they uh are immediately caught by the people who were chasing them who had waited until morning also. So then they go for a run. Um, and then a ski, another rear rear projection ski ski chase slash fight. There's a lot of very talented skiers slash gunfighters in this yes. movie. Um, which oh, I'm going to talk about more during our uh, henchman chronicles in the in our lightning bonus <laughs> run segment. But um, so they go this long thing, and then James Bond discovers that the only way, or the easiest way at least, to escape this whole thing is to ski through a an avalanche zone. It's an avalanche zone. Everyone's going to die in an avalanche zone. So they go in the avalanche zone. And guess what happens, you guys? You're never going to believe this. A fucking avalanche. <laughs> just just devastating avalanche. But they are very strong. And they don't even have to use those backpack airbags that are so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, those they are just, cool. They are cool. They're so good. Science is amazing. But instead, they just like survive. It's fine. Um, 
except that they survive in slightly different places and James escapes, but his lady friend is captured. Um, his princess we, is in another castle. Yeah, exactly. She gets taken to another <laughs> castle. Back to the chateau. All right, we got to keep moving. This is taking forever. So Blofeld... Well, this um, is the longest movie on Earth as well. So <laughs> long. I got to say, uh, that's the thing about the James Bond franchise that I cannot understand is there's... This is not tw- two hours and 20 minutes justified. Like, you do not have to have mm. this movie be so long. Mm-mm. Simplify, simplify, simplify. It's two hours and 20 minutes of, wait, what's happening? Yeah, yeah. And still not have it be, like, super clear, uh, man. Yeah, is there a plot? Um, well, so the plot is, gotta get back to the castle, save the princess. So he goes, <laughs> yeah. but but the CIA is like, you know what? Those six hypnotized women were gonna blackmail the Earth. And you know what? Let's just pay it, you know? He wants the money in francs, which we don't even know what that costs. So we'll just give him the money. You know, it could be a million or it could be nothing. So James <laughs> Bond has to go rogue. He teams up with future father-in-law Crime Lord, and together they stage a helicopter assault on the chateau. <laughs> which, because apparently this, like the the Crime Lord, just has some Red Cross helicopters hanging around that he can borrow. So they sneak in uh, through airspace, and then they just start shooting, and it's great. And it's a big gunfight, and all the pretty stuff in the chateau gets shot. Um, and then uh, she gets saved by the helicopter, and James Bond has to do some more skiing. And then that the ski chase eventually ends in a rear projection bobsled chase, which <laughs> I gotta say I've never seen before. That is a new thing, right? We're making new. We're making new new TV here, right? Definitely new winter sports all the time. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Yeah, um, I mean, there is like a you keep saying the rear projections there, was, there is a lot of for the close-ups because george wasn't going down that hill right yeah <laughs> uh but like this is like some of the earlier james bond movies before this do have a lot of really good practical stunts in yeah. it but mm. the, for this film's credit like this is where the kind of the start of like the big practical the thing that the james bond movies don't do anymore that the mission impossible movies do now is like every film would show you like a real ass stunt at one point and this movie has a bunch of those with like all the different skiing and the bobsled stuff and the car chase like yeah this movie has real stunt work in it that's that holds up pretty well uh for yeah, all things I, I think yeah. I, I was reading that george lazenby actually did a lot of the skiing because he was like YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that seems fun. I So it's weird because we talked so much about that terrible rear projection car chase last week. Yeah. That I'm very aware of it. This is clearly, there's more practical stu- shots. And also it's cut much shorter. So the rear projection stuff, because in the car chase in Dr. No, you stay That's on it for a it. while. Yeah. And on this, it's just like a brief cut of a close up and then back. It's definitely better directed. It, but when it's the 10th different thing that is a rear projection chase, it mm. does start to get annoying, I thought. Yeah. By by the time of the um, bobsled one, I was like, I don't even need to see his face where he's like, Ugh. like I believe, well, uh, just, I get it, show me the same helmet. Again, we also, I did kind of mention this last week too, you have to remember, like, in the 60s, it's a very weird thing to think of rear projection now, but there was a time when rear projection was everything. When there right. is, yeah. there wouldn't be a, even in movies with no action, when just driving. That's just how you saw close-ups in motion. That yeah. was how it was done in movies. Like, and I assume the, the main 60s, reason why we don't anymore is not because we're like way better at cars. It's probably just because we're better at um, uh, gimbals and stuff, like stuff where the camera doesn't shake as much. Because you can't put a God, camera exactly. 
on the back yeah. of a bobsled and get a good shot out of it. Until, but now you yeah. could because you'd have this crazy rig with all these plumb bobs and 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 whirring things and. Yes, I mean that, and just like odd, like you know, audience sophistication in terms of like the the visual language of film. Like we we speak it easier. People just yeah. see rear projection now and know that that's fake and artificial, right? Yeah, I guess that's my yeah. question is if you we, we should have asked uh, David this last week, but if you watch a movie with rear projection in 1965, do you think they're driving, or are you <laughs> like, is it like when there's like a painted set and you're just like, oh, this is like sub- represents and I'm suspending disbelief? That's my question. Well. Alex, in, if you when you watch a movie in 2018 that has someone like Daniel Craig behind a steering wheel driving a car, do you think he's driving? Because he's not <laughs> driving. You know that, right? It depends on I the mean, scene. No, no. There's in any action chase with Daniel Craig is in the car, he's not driving that car. I guarantee you that. There's like there like unless it's Tom Cruise, you might get that, or some other action. Steve McQueen. People. He did all his own driving. Yeah. But it's like you don't. It's like none of it's real. It's all movies are artificial, right? No, so this is no, this is what I'm. Th- but this is what I'm saying is like, you know, in a modern movie, I can't tell that it's fake. Like if I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, they're not going to let this. Daniel Craig's too valuable. Mm. They're not going to let him drive. They'll have somebody who's expendable drive. But I can't see where it's happening. In the yeah, 1960s, yeah. was that happening, or was it like when you watch a stage play where you're like, I can see that's not a real door because it's painted, but I don't care. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a bit of the two. You know, I, I, there, there are people I know who, like, um, will say they don't see certain special effects in movies right now. Oh, yeah, totally. Right? That's just... that's true. I, I see CGI all the time, and I hate it, and my wife does not usually notice. She'll be like, oh, that's CGI? I get it. Okay. Yeah, or, or you know, at the other end of it, you also see CGI all the time and have no idea of it, right? The right, probably true, yeah. In movies, if you go and, like... Take, like, the, your big, biggest, like, big budget, like, your favorite Scorsese movie of the last 10 years and type in that movie plus VFX reel yeah. in um, YouTube, and you will see literally every movie you love. There's thousands <laughs> of CG shots. Yeah. No, that's that's so like, true. I, like, I, I started hanging out on a, uh, or, like, just browsing. I was browsing a, a Reddit of uh, pre- vfx uh photos and i did not realize that even like not action movies are just like oh everything is green they just yes there's just green everywhere yeah i mean it's just because that like most cg is actually like impossible to tell the difference if it's just like we're extending a house or we're putting in a fake background here yeah yeah you see that in movies literally all the time so it's like there is a part of it that I think is like that with what rear projection, but also I think people knew like, yeah, that's just how movies look. What are they gonna? They they can't do it otherwise, you know? Yeah, totally. Okay, so just to wrap this up, uh, big chase scene. Uh, Blofeld uh, is. Um, it looks like he's about to be decapitated by a branch, but then it turns out he's totally capitated. So he, um, he, but he's just knocked out. Cut to the wedding. I wish there had been like half as much chase scene and like twice as much wedding because that wedding is an interesting <laughs> place because it's like crime bosses and the head of the the uh, MI six. Mm-hmm. Um, like if this movie just became the deer hunter for like forty five minutes and just slowed down so we yep. could hang out at a wedding. That I'm was... into it. And yeah. well, because there's there's this moment where uh, somebody from the from the Secret Service is like, "Man, you cost me some of my best men in that mission last year," and then they laugh. <laughs> it's such a crazy wedding what's the seating chart like do they mix them up or do they have them sit to the 
crime people sit on opposite sides. They made sure to uh, to have Money Penny sit exactly where she could just gaze longingly at James the entire Man. time. Oh, that relationship is so d- d- difficult for me. Ugh, devastating. But anyway, so and we know. Okay, now we know they're not going to live happy ever after because we've seen later James Bond movies, and they're not James Bond colon international security consultant slash stay at home dad. <laughs> we know that he doesn't just stay married. So. Uh, but man, I'm not expecting it this way because you uh, you don't get to relax for more than five seconds before she is murdered. Uh, yep. And it is fucked up and sad and I wish it hadn't happened. And I, I wish I'd but, stopped at the wedding. I don't but care. But like also kind of wacky as well. Yeah. Like it was yeah. very upsetting because the emotional tones did not combine at all. The fact that it was like Blofeld in a neck brace, like himself doing the job, boot in the back with a shotgun. Oh man! But but then like the actual like when he's like saying she'll come around any second is actually like really heartbreaking. It's so sad. It's so sad. And it's like it's so. Except it's not because you have no idea why they're even together. (laughs) Well, even if he just met her and they were like sharing an Uber pool and she got shot in front of him, that's pretty traumatic. Uh, Yeah, true. But it's also James Bond. He kills people. Yeah, Yeah. well, that's true. He's (laughs) he's uh, dead inside. But uh, he's got a license to kill, not a license to be hurt. You know what I mean? (laughs) I and actually, I thought license for loss. I thought that that uh, that. Like, I don't think James Bond is a particularly deep or interesting character, and I did think we got a lot more of her, like, I, I mean, not a lot, but we got a little bit of depth from her. I thought she was much more interesting. Yeah, um, yeah. So I was really sad that she was taken out of this franchise. Also, uh, Diana so, Rigg, like... Yeah, I, yeah. Is, tell me more about Diana Rigg. I don't know why that's cool. Uh, I believe you. I just don't know what else she does. Well, I, <laughs> this shows my age and my nerdiness, but what I, uh, I've first knew her from uh mystery uh on pbs diana oh. was always the one who would she would introduce it um back when oh. i was a kid and now they have like different people for different seasons but it's diana weird to say was, show your age and then your age is like 30s well yeah but you know i like to be just an amorphous immortal blob <laughs> um. <laughs> uh yeah this is really ruining your 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 blobness by giving you a precise age Diana Riggs, I mean, she is actually, now that you mention it, like, her career is such an interesting benchmark for your age. Because if you say, like, the Avengers, or Her Majesty's Secret Service, or that, or Game of Thrones, you, each one of those, like, decades, she has a very iconic character she played in it. That oh, is, that's what she is to you, you know. Like she is my favorite thing of game in Game of Thrones too. Yeah. I, I did not know that she was going to be in it, and then when she showed up, I was like, "Oh my god, yes! Yeah. Can we just oh, follow her all the time?" She has she has gotten older. Yeah, but like yeah. she's she's always plays those characters with that that real wit and that real sharpness. Yeah. And I just yeah. love yeah. her. She is. Yeah, yeah. I'm so sad about that. The ending really sucked. I was so mad. That's yeah. what I mean. Like the middle where they're like just shooting guns on skis and like uh, <laughs> if, if getting addicted to chicken. Like that fun. That was a fun <laughs> movie. And like sure, he had sex with a lot of people, but that's fine. Like good for him and them. They all seem to be into it. That was what was fun about that's, it. That's true. That is true. It was Alex. less rapey than the beginning. Yes. And then the beginning and end of it were awful. Yeah. Well, 
Well, so Alex, this is the first time you've seen this movie. Amanda, yeah. this is the first time you saw it too. Oh no, I was raised on Bond. Okay. I was like, going to say it seems like, like you were, and uh, we're not. It seems like we're not going to be joined by Phoebe today, which is too bad because she was also like raised on Bond. We talked to Sarah last week, and it is interesting that like some of the the smartest and uh, most uh, eloquently feminist people I know are also <laughs> like, but I fucking love James Bond. It's weird. <laughs> It's it is hard not to. It's a yeah. you know all all your faves are problematic. It's like yeah, exactly. at some but, okay, point you just I mean yes, certainly true. But like <laughs> but, this is especially problematic, right? But, oh, I mean, absolutely. Like no, I also really dislike this particular movie, and I really dislike uh, you know the the more rapey, more uh, <laughs> physically abusive. Yeah, as of well. which there are so many. Yeah. Yes. Um, I, I, but I, so Alex, you didn't know about the ending of the no. movie going in. No, I, I, I mean, I knew is... that he was not married later. So I was like, when they actually had a wedding, I was like, oh no, something terrible is about to happen. Oh, well, yeah, I just, but, I, but were you expecting Boont and a shotgun to show? <laughs> no, that was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, see, the thing is, I've always, as someone who has, uh, I also was raised with the James Bond film, I always feel like even before I saw this movie, I knew the ending to it because oh. it's a very iconic ending. Yeah. I feel like it's, uh, like just, it's a, just a very well known thing. So, like, I've never been able to see it fresh. Like, I've always known this movie ended like this. So, I mean, seeing it as, like, a movie that has, uh, not a happy ending, again, kind of those. The things that never happened to the other guy is kind of like the th- theme of this movie. Like, no other Bond movie ends with... I mean, Casino Royale, is, I guess, is the closest to this movie mm, in terms mm-hmm. of, like, the weird four-act structure, James Bond kind of having a happy ending, then having that all taken away in the last scene. Uh, but yeah, there's not a lot of other Bond movies that are structured like this or, like, end like this, and it's interesting for that reason if anything you know yeah it is super interesting and i can see like maybe they were trying to take it in a different direction or something also i should this is a good time to throw in really quick before we do the um our next segment is that uh when i posted about this movie that were was coming up the reaction on facebook was like almost entirely positive um people uh like a lot of people refer to like this is uh, one of the most underrated it's one of my favorites um a few people mentioned i think patrick was the first one but a few people mentioned oh no wait this is not chronological. Anyway, um, I don't remember who said it first, but um, somebody, a few people mentioned that there's a, a great documentary, a short documentary about Lazenby and his time on the in this, and I think it is super interesting. Um, hmm. So yeah. I've not seen it. The people people say it's super interesting, so I'm definitely going to check that out. I'm his curious. His agent convinced him that the James Bond franchise was on its way out. Oh uh, man, so that's why he 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 quit after the first one. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, also, yeah, it is the saddest. Uh, uh, people also pointed out it's definitely the saddest James Bond movie I've watched. Um, but a lot of people, a lot of people like Lazenby, and I don't know if it's like maybe this is a, a hipster thing now. It's like, oh, he's the obscure, cool one to get. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also, uh, oh man, where's the, it? Doesn't doesn't say the numbers on here, but uh, uh, somebody on Facebook, uh, Thomas on Facebook. One of his first things he did when he joined Facebook was made a public group called George Lazenby is the best James Bond. <laughs> and uh, it is uh, not that's, entirely that's not active. Just that's just trolling. <laughs> <laughs> it's got such it, the group features such great po- posts as uh, Jose from 2011 saying his battle versus Blofeld was cool. And he yeah. thought that was important well, enough that he posted it twice. 
Theoretically, <laughs> every James Bond, if they had just made one movie, would probably be the best James Bond. If Daniel Craig, <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, we're talking Casino about that. Casino Royale. Yeah, yeah. he only yeah. had that and didn't have the the garbage sequels. If, if <laughs> Daniel Craig, yeah, or not, Pierce Brosnan only had Goldeneye and didn't have Die Another Day. Right? Oh yeah. God, yeah. It, he there's like every James Bond. You have to. You can't know how good someone is, uh, James Bond, until we really put them through the ringer, you know? Absolutely. To... You need, how do you hold up under adverse conditions? Sure, you can do it when the script is all right. Yeah. Um, uh, so it's not fair to say he's the best James Bond when it's just you got to you gotta get three movies in. Really make that one that breaks the act. Agree. You know? Agree. <laughs> okay. We got to wrap up. This has been a long uh, discri- summary. So we're going to do a quick compliment pizza. And then a quick game of lightning bonus round will get out. So uh, first up, uh, we're going to do our one compliment. Everyone's going to say one nice thing about the movie uh, to sort of balance out our discussion so far. Um, I'm, I'm going to go first, actually, because we talked a lot about this, and I just want to do a quick tag onto it, which is the scene with the safe cracking is amazing. It's my favorite scene <laughs> in the movie. And I, the, the, the tech is really great. The safe cracker slash printer is really, really funny. But the whole thing of how they got the way he gets into the safe, for some reason he decides it would be too awkward for him to have a suitcase so what he does is he goes he breaks into the office, goes onto the onto the patio. Oh yeah. And then his his compatriot is working in the construction site across the street, puts the suitcase in a basket held by the tower crane, which then lifts it over to the building and James Bond takes out the suitcase and then does the breaking in, which is so funny. It's cool and also just the worst solution to this problem if you just carry the suitcase goldberg yeah yeah if you carried the suitcase no one notices but if you're outside and you see a tower crane deliver a suitcase to an office like the number of people who could have seen that is now way bigger than if you just (laughs) carried a suitcase into a normal work situation well it also makes you wonder how much of the construction site was real and how much of it was an mi6 uh state yeah like Sure. Tomorrow, are they going to show up and this is going to be like a one-eighth constructed building is there and no one else? The tower crane like, is missing and there's a guy like, where'd yeah. my tower crane go? Yeah, it's just like, what? The the whole building was fake. I love it. Yeah. That Yeah, very, uh, the sting, or the sting? Yeah, the sting, where they make the post office. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, it's great. It's just, uh, but e- or even if it's like a real construction site, but they were like, how many people do they have to bribe to stop working for, for the day? And you're paying like ten thousand dollars a day for a tower crane, right? Uh, like, no, we we get it today, and at, at any point you have to have. A, I need the the concrete pour to be clean because I'm going to put a suitcase in it and I don't want it covered in concrete. <laughs> and then you have to you have to get it to this building without doing any damage to the building or calling attention to it. Like, I, it's just it's just a fun, ridiculous scene. It's just a great James Bond moment. And then the yeah, machine and then the Playboy magazine. The idea of like a union guy running the crane and the guy's like, hey, Taps, like, hey, man, I'm on my schedule 10, all right? <laughs> if you got a problem, you got a problem with that, you go take it up with Larry in the trailer, all right? <laughs> I got my, I pay my fucking dues, bro. I pay my dues, all right? Don't um, fucking tell me when to move my crane. Fuck you. <laughs> Amanda, what's your, uh, your compliment pizza for On Her Majesty's Secret Service? Uh, despite the fact that I just, you have no idea what the fuck is happening at all at any point during this movie. It is uh, very visually interesting. Yeah. Um, oh, like man, just, the chateau is beautiful. Right? I just, I love how everything looks. I love the settings. I love, um, you know, the 
prison hotel. Yeah. I love the costuming. It's yeah. just yeah. beautiful. So it's, the, it helps the, distract you from the fact that it's two hours and 20 minutes and you don't know what's happening. It, it, there's the, also uh, some really cool direction. I like I, the scene where they go into the barn yeah. First, the camera comes up from behind some junk in the gar in the in the barn, and you see like the the spider webs, and then the car emerges, and then he comes out of the car. It's, there's some actually like really cool videography in it. I thought or cinematography. Yeah, in it. absolutely. The colors in this movie really yes. fucking pop. It really is interesting. Like the, watching this on like my uh, got a new TV this last year, and watching a like a really high quality HD stream of it, uh, it just looks so good. The way like the yeah, the the color grading and just everything about the way this movie looks is really yeah, really interesting. Uh, well, Anthony, what's your comment with pizza? Oh, sorry, oh, Amanda, no, go, go I, I just I just want a uh, a unicolor ski suit now. I don't ski, but I just, oh man, like, yeah, you want to ski in a onesie? Yeah, yeah, a beige onesie. I think that's really happening. I like the yeah. The, <laughs> it, it was it was cool because it was like oh, blue onesie is the good guy and orange onesie is the bad guy, and we know that. And we'll just that's so helpful when they're color coded. I'm really yeah. glad they did that. Yeah, and, then, and you can watch them from the sky, and it's great. Um, also, I do like skiing as a chase scene, which has happened in other Bond movies, too. Um, I enjoy it. It's a fun thing. Anthony, what's your compliment pizza? Um, I, I really want to give a compliment to Terry Savalas, who yes. is, you know, uh, played Blofeld. Uh, a lot of actors played Blo- have played Blofeld throughout the years, and I really like uh, Terry Savalas' interpretation of the character. Is very different than you would see him later played by Donald Pleasance, uh, mm. who I also love. Uh, but I, have always, I, I see Donald Pleasance as uh, his Halloween character, uh, Sam mm. Lunis. So mm. I've always had a real problem with seeing him as Blofeld. Uh, so Deli Savalas is the one I sort of see in my head. But I think he's great in this movie. I yeah, he's fun. Like he's an interesting... And I like. he's a good supervillain. He's a classic supervillain. Yeah. It's oh, too yeah. complicated, but... He might actually be good at allergy science. I can't tell. Is he actually doing a good job with the allergies? Uh, uh no. I mean, they do love chicken <laughs> and potatoes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's because two, those two are not normal or real allergies. Um, <laughs> that she had like more of a potato phobia, and he cured her. But they seemed like they were actually cured, and I like that. Like you're trying to do this evil thing to take over the world, but incidentally, you cure. But in allergies. a helpful way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was pretty fun. Um, all right, so we got to do a really, really lightning fast lightning bonus round, and then we got to get out of here because I don't want this show to be two hours and twenty minutes. <laughs> so let's do a quick lightning bonus round. We're going to the lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We gotta finish this shit up. So first thing, uh, well, no, no, our first game is normally good use of bond or bad use of bond. I think we've covered a lot of that right now. Um, I was also going to play yours is not a very good plan to take over the world. I think we've talked about that. <laughs> so the only thing we have to do is it's time for the Henchman Chronicles. <laughs> so uh, each of the James Bond movies has a fascinating group of henchmen and henchwomen, and I would like to discuss your top and bottom henchmen's, henches men of this uh, of this film. Well, I mean, how do we feel about stern German lady? Yeah. <laughs> in control of the... I, so she's a very atypical, like she's definitely a bruiser. Yeah. <laughs> also, like, in charge of being like, hey, don't fuck these ladies. Stay in your room. And also, <laughs> avalanche zone. Let me point out what those are to you. Uh, and then she's the, like, assassin in the drive-by. Like, yeah. she wears a lot of hats. Yeah. I Very love that about her. talented. You need that in a henchman. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You need Hench flexibility. 
Yeah. I also, yeah, like, you know, like during that job interview, they're like, look, we need to know your shooting ability, but also, are you a good cock block? <laughs> I think that's and, fun. And do you understand curling? <laughs> yeah, she was also the curling coach and she was like firm but soft. Um, yeah, I, I she did was love rad. that. That's, that's enough curling for today, ladies. Like, <laughs> what? Like, don't overextend yourself. Right. Like, so curling. she's like, she's an assassin, but. Also, she had to run the day-to-day of having 12 women yeah. in this she's, chateau. She's the RA. Yeah, she had to RA them all the time. She had to have the activities and had to keep them having fun and stuff. It was yeah, crazy. I mean, there's, there's no way that's not, like, a kind of heartwarming story. Like, <laughs> I could totally see her, like, getting the job from Blofeld and be like, I don't want to do this, sir, I'm an assassin. And then be like, <laughs> I just need you to. And then, like, slowly over the course of a few weeks... <laughs> You know, really starts to bond with the girls a little bit. Ah, with the bond girls. Well, she knows they're also going to be assassins, so like that makes her feel good. Yeah, they actually have a lot in common. They helped her with her greatest allergy of all, friendship. (laughs) (laughs) You love friends. When you see a friend, you want to taste its flesh. You're into friends. Is is this the most emotionally deep Bond movie? Is that what we're getting to? (laughs) You love emotions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. My favorite henchmen were, for sure, the the gunman on skis. um, Because I often watch uh, Olympic biathlon and think, this is not an applicable job skill. But it turns (laughs) out... Biathlon is the only, like, this is the number one, like, Blofeld is the number one employer of biathletes in the world. He is, is, like, is that, like, really easy to track down his henchmen then? Yeah, yeah. You're just, like, <laughs> look at who are the top 100 biathletes, and you're like, well, they're all here now wearing orange coats. <laughs> As they, because well, what else? Yeah, what you need someone who's good at skiing and shooting, and that there is one place to find those people, and it is the Olympics. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was real great are there a hundred in the world do you think it can't be many i mean well you gotta think of it this way there are so there were so many people skiing and shooting in different countries <laughs> that they were like we can make that a sport yeah like, yeah how many people have to actually do something for people from different countries to be able to compete at it Every year. Well, so I guess I always assume, you know, I always assume they either started as cross country skiers and were like, I can learn to shoot uh, because it's easier than competing against the pure. What? Angry cross country skiers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They had a lot of they had a lot of rage. They're like, I can do it. (laughs) Or they were like shooters who were like, you know what? I just after I finish shooting a target, I really need to chill. Skiing (laughs) would be nice. Like, I, I feel like they're always you're always better at one and then you use the other. But is it like so? Like the biathlon came from like actual army regiments, right? Really? It was like yes. Yeah, so they're, they're God, actually. You have so like, many fun facts, Anthony. You know, like <laughs> sk- like skiing and shooting was like uh, like during World War Two, like uh, some like Germany or Sweden or something started training soldiers to do that, and then it spread through a bunch of the world's military, huh. and then we had like thousands of young men who were trained to do this in the 40s and 50s and that's where the sport came from and then they all became so, henchmen like, yeah exactly so like they all they all had that to go somewhere so this is about that time you know? like i get sometimes you need to ski to get a place it's easier but like if you had to then have a foot chase are you going to stop and take off your ski boots 
<laughs> like, there's no way you're running on land after you clomp, get done clomp, with the swamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just that would have been a good uh, rear projection chase. Is they're like now they're on feet. Well, you just look like a dog wearing boots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you get in a shootout, skiing down a mountain, when you guys both get to the bottom, do you look at each other and be like, "Do you want to take the vehicle back up and start again?" <laughs> it feels weird just to shoot you now that we're on the ground. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, kind of like the chase part of it. Yeah, kind of why I'm in this, you know. And uh, it was really sad uh, that one of them was uh, killed by a snowplow. That was amazing. Yeah, at least you have is, guts. I I love a good ridiculous death. <laughs> it was so ridiculous. And as soon as I saw the giant snowplow, I was like, well, someone's going in there. Like, you, you <laughs> knew it was the coming. And the rest of them skied through the bloody snow. <laughs> it was so gross. Yeah. So, so they're, they're skiing down a hill, and there's a, a snowplow with the big snowblower blades up front. And... Uh, just they have to they're all jumping over the road and just like one like the third henchman just doesn't even kind of make it just lands in the middle of the road and is instantly um fargoed through it and then (laughs) just blood and gut splatter and then of course james bond is like that guy had guts which is kind of a like cop-out pun even for james bond like every time someone dies you could Uh... get shot you could say he's got guts but anyway the, he, the body explodes all over the snow and then the rest of the henchmen they ski through the (laughs) red snow uh. Hey, they ski through Steve. Okay, give the guy his goddamn name. He was a friend of theirs. They had breakfast sitting next to him. Olympic silver medalist ago. Steve. Yeah, and then they had to ski through him. Yeah, and they were unfazed. They've been trained very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also do love well, all of these. Why they got gold and he got silver? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah totally. That's yeah. That's like you should have worked harder, Steve. You should have trained. <laughs> Um, do you guys, is there any other henchmen we're missing that I really have to get their due here? I I really like the dad's henchmen. Because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like, kind of incompetent. They're more, like, bumbling, yeah. not evil muscle. Yeah. And I kind of like that there's a lot of levels of henchmen. Like, you can be a henchman who, like, doesn't actually kill people. Yeah. You know? Like, it, it shows, like, not all henchmen, hashtag not all henchmen. Point. You know, some of them, some people are in it just because they need a security job, and it pays, and this dad's kind of a weirdo, but, like, he gave me, he offered me 20 grand to sleep with his daughter once, so that was kind of interesting. Uh, but, like, like, you know, they, they just are kind of, like, fun goofballs, Yeah. And so I like them a lot, you know? Yeah, that was pretty yeah. enjoyable. Um, and I liked that what there's that where they're this is my this is a, a James Bond esque trope that I enjoy a lot, which is that he's like they've kidnapped him at gunpoint. They're in a car driving for 12 hours to go see their boss. And he's like, you know, this would be more comfortable without the knife. And they were like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> what are we doing? Yeah. What, OK. <laughs> uh, apparently now we are just gentlemen. And then he beats them up again right as he goes in the door of the office, which I enjoyed. Also, James Bond threw a knife, which I did not. Uh, it does not happen uh, in a lot of the other ones we've seen. Like, just learning really? more skills James Bond is good I, at. I feel, I feel like that's a, a James bond e thing. Well, I remember it from GoldenEye, the video game, so it was cool to see him uh, do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like that, that, that's what he does on his downtime, right? Just throws knives and hatchets and things. Man, I uh, my good friend Tim decided he was going to get into throwing knives in his downtime. And uh, he just bought a board and some knives and just sat in the basement. And it just makes a lot of noise. 
and because this is so clattery um and it's very difficult and so it's like if you do it in the woods it's like at least they would land on dirt but if you just do it in a house it's just like thump clatter clatter also (laughs) what you don't think about it's like skiing you have to like go back and pick them all up now uh and so like unless you got a thousand knives uh, otherwise it's it's a lot of walking we learned it's not you, worth it, is my point. You gotta buy the economy pack of knives off of Amazon. Yeah, Amazon. yeah. Well, yeah, now you would just buy it. Exactly. You'd buy a big, big thing, but it's not worth it. I, I always thought it'd be cool if I was a guy who could throw knives. That seems like a thing that I would do. Can't do it. It's just <laughs> That's not worth definitely it. how you impress the ladies. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I only impress one lady. And I think she would think it's cool if I could throw knives, right? Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Yeah. There uh, we go. She, uh, would she ever let you try to, like, William tell her? uh no i don't i don't suppose she would she is is risk averse which i like about her okay uh so we would she would not like me throwing knives in general but she would like knowing that i could i think that makes thumbs up again although she might just be being nice now um (laughs) anyway we got to wrap on james bond that is uh we're on uh the secret service so that is it for george lazenby um uh and that's it for lightning bonus round thank you everybody who said instead of getting game suggestions it was mostly just people saying they liked uh lazenby which is such a fun turn i was not expecting that um and also people recommending this documentary so just to call it i haven't actually watched it yet but it got a couple of shout outs patrick was first i was right it's called becoming bond and it came out last year and it's the true story of george lazenby a poor australian car mechanic who, through an unbelievable set of circumstances, landed the role of James Bond for just one film. So, yeah, I'm. everyone really likes this, so I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can as well. And thank you, everybody, who suggested that. Thank you, everybody, who suggested games or questions or comments on the movie. Usually every Thursday morning, I post the upcoming topic and ask for people to uh, give us feedback on it. So the episode comes out Wednesday. Thursday, we get your lightning bonus round suggestions. You can play along on Facebook or Twitter or by emailing us podcast at readdashweep.com. Oh, and you can also see that upcoming topic at readdashweep.com slash next. And we thank everybody who played along this week. All right, that is it for our show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back again next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about Austin Powers. Uh, we're going to watch the original Austin Powers. We're going to, we like to do our slant rhyme for the last week of a themed month, if we can. And so we are going to be watching the most direct, uh, not the most direct, one of the be- most direct uh, James Bond parodies. And we've talked about several times on the show how it changed the James Bond franchise by parodying it so well. So we're going to watch that first one. And we are going to decide, does it hold up, A, and B, is it finally time that it's funny again to say, yeah, baby? I think that's really important. Uh, <laughs> uh, like, I'm wondering if in like in 10 years, is it going to be funny to say my wife again? You know, my wife's still kind of funny. I think comedy <laughs> bang bang has brought it back. Oh, is that what they, do they do that? Oh, that's fun. Yeah. All right. Uh, join us for that and submit your questions and comments about Austin Powers. Um, like, for example, you could write it and say, do I make you horny? You know? Baby. <laughs> so all that and more coming up next week. And then after that, uh, it's going to be Christmas. So get in there now. Vote on a holiday or and or bear-themed movies for our great month of Christmas. Uh, meet Buddies, you can do that now. And if you are not a Meat Buddy, you can go to readdition.com slash Meat Buddies. And uh, even a dollar a month will be a huge help to us and will keep us floating down the tracks like a ghost train. 
Also, you can go when you're doing your holiday shopping. Oh, what was the voice? Also, when you're doing your holiday shopping, go to Amazon.com. Whatever. Anyway, just if you're falling asleep, hopefully that helps. Um, <laughs> thanks for being here, Anthony. As always, it's a pleasure. Such a good good time, time talking to you. Uh, sorry about your kitten. And then also, uh, he, he's fine. He just pooped everywhere. Uh, and then uh, thanks for being here at Amandable. Yeah, thanks for having me on, as always. It's so fun to talk to you. It's so surprising that you like James Bond. <laughs> yeah, I feel like maybe I should be changing my opinion on that. But, you know, nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, it is interesting how powerful nostalgia is. Uh, well, it's great talking to you. We'll talk to you again, uh, possibly over some bears. And we'll talk to everybody <laughs> next week. Goodbye. Pshh.